Alright, and welcome back to another Bosnian American Professionals Podcast episode. My name is Nedi Mramic, personal injury attorney here in the St. Louis area, and my co-host today... Dr. Avdic, uh, chiropractor here in St. Uh, Louis. And today's guest is a dear friend of ours that's currently working with the city of St. Louis. And Aldin Lolich, he is with the City of St. Louis Department of Public Safety. He's on the Civilian Oversight Board and he's also a special investigator. Aldin, there's just a lot about you that I have not in my short intro uh, said, so go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to, to our audiences. Okay, well, uh, my name is Aldin Lolich. I'm Bosnian too, as you can tell by my accent. <laughs> so I currently work for the city of St. Louis as a special investigator, uh, but under the Department of Public Safety. So, and so civilian oversight board that is a government agency that is under the umbrella of public safety. So our main focus uh, is to uh, oversee the police department, the city of St. Louis. So not the county, not any other municipality. So basically, city of St. Louis. Uh, Officer misconduct, so making sure that officers, yeah, kind of checks and balances. So anyone, any citizen that files a complaint against an officer comes to us, or it goes to Internal Affairs, and uh, that matter is being investigated by Internal Affairs, and then it comes, you know, and we'll, it will be respected, inspected by us after the their investigation concluded. So now going back a little, a little more. Could you tell us which part of Bosnia you're from and when did you okay. arrive to U.S.? Originally born in 1985, 34 years old, uh, Bielina. So Nedim and I are neighbors. 12 kilometers, 12 kilometers. Um, in 93, moved to Germany, lived in Germany until 97. 97 to 2000, Sarajevo, went to school there. And 2001, St. Louis. I'm here since. So again, you're one of those last waves that arrived La from Bosnia. Last waves, yes. And one of the rare ones that went back to Bosnia first and then came back to, yeah. to U.S. Yeah. Oh, not came back, but came to U.S. Yeah, yeah I, came, I went back to Bosnia late in 97, like mid-97, and only stayed there for three and a half, four years. Mm -hmm. And then we decided to go back, because my dad was, my late dad, father was in the military, and we we were living in Sarajevo after the war because he received the police and the military received apartments like right in uh, right by the airport of Sarajevo mm -hmm. suburbs so and so we decided you know things were kind of rough at that point some laws changed and we decided to leave the country again unfortunately we couldn't go back to Bielina because you know being the way it is right now and mm -hmm. you know where my father was at that point so it was not an option no, we typically ask everyone, what's your first impression of U.S.? Um, well, it was kind of culture shock. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure everybody said the same thing. It was a culture shock. Um, I, I went to high school right across the street, Melbourne High School. Uh, I did four years there. The last two years, I went to North Tech, uh, law enforcement school. Uh, after, North, after high school, I uh, did Jefferson College, uh, Merrimack, and Maryville. And as of last year, I applied at WashU for a master's in legal studies, but I kind of stopped that because of some family issues. Uh, my dad passed away a year, little a year ago, so I put that on a hold. So education component, that's kind of where it is right now. Now, how long have you been doing?
doing the... Uh, so um, I started, I worked for the police department starting right out, out of high school. So I didn't go to college right out of high school. So I worked for the police department uh, first two years mm -hmm. and then went to college afterwards in 2000, like two years after. Uh, worked for the police department. Um, after that, I was hired by two, one, one agency that is out in Detroit. Um, I did insurance fraud and I worked kind of the entire state of Missouri, entire state of Illinois, and I did lots of undercover investigations. Um, say I was paid to spy on people, <laughs> in a way. But no, so we we um, we kind of went against or represent an insurance company, depending who the client was at that time. Um, that was until 2012. I came back to St. Louis. Well, I was always in St. Louis, but I traveled back and forth. Uh, I was in Chicago like three days out a week, four days. And 2012, I, I, came, I kind of wanted to stay in the area, um, worked for a corporation and did their uh, special investigation unit. I was handling like debt claims, uh, insurance claims uh, when it comes to it was mainly life insurance claims, so people file an insurance claim. My job was to make sure to investigate that people that were getting, receiving the money, the beneficiaries that were not involved in the debt of that individual. So it sounds to me that the insurance companies are spending a lot of money in order to prevent people to get their benefits, right? Correct, correct, because uh, insurance fraud is the second fraud after banking fraud. So, uh, yeah, I've seen it all. I mean, from people really kind of <laughs> hurting each other for a little money, which is kind of crazy in our world. But um, that was on to 2016, and then I got offered this job. I didn't apply for it, just kind of came up, and I was offered. And I didn't want to go back to the city at that point, but they gave me a nice little offer, so I decided to go back. And I loved it. I'm, I'm glad I made that decision because it, it opened up, you know, more doors, and, you know, I was more able to the community and uh, immigrant community. So that's one of, besides... Uh, what I do, I, I'm also a liaison to the community, uh, immigrant community. So what I teach classes on like know your rights, um, you know, interaction with law enforcement and stuff like that. Interaction with law enforcement. So what to do, what not to do. Yeah. So you were kind of you started with the city of St. Louis, kind of the height of the Ferguson unrests, I want to say. Correct. Or correct. Uh, Ferguson happened a little bit before you started with the city. Correct. correct? So. A little history on oversight. So it was, it was, uh, in it, it was first introduced, I believe, in 2001, uh, the, the last mayor, Francis Lee, and it, it never passed. And um, it was introduced again, reintroduced in 2005, in 2007, and it passed, but it was never implemented until Ferguson. So Ferguson, 2014, and then 15, the city just decided they wanted to have an oversight. And hoping that was kind of a plan to prevent Ferguson in the city. To yeah, for for our listeners that are not familiar with the Ferguson incident, it, it happened when when Officer Wilson shot and killed uh, uh, an African American man, uh, Michael Brown, which kind of caused uh, protests in the city of St. Louis as well as nationwide, mm -hmm. and that kind of brought all of this racial injustice and pol police brutality to the forefront. And you were kind of thrown into it as well, kind of like I, right there. At I the was right, at, right afterwards because in 2017, like a year after us being around, uh, we had the Stockley protest. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was uh, also, it, it brought some unrest to the city, but it wasn't as bad as Ferguson. 
and that is from kind of being prepared, uh, you know, having you know, seen firsthand uh, our city cops be, being involved in Ferguson as well. They were kind of, in a way, prepared. So, um, yeah, I mean, so the, 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 the problem is the public does not trust the police department. And so that's what we come in place, hoping to be the bridge to kind of be bridging between uh, to close the gap, if, if possible. Do you think that that public doesn't trust to uh, police department? Do you think that varies from city to county, or you think in county? It, it does. Yeah. It does. Uh, but it, it, you know, North City, North County. I mean, we have similar issues versus mm -hmm. South County and South City. Um, so it, it, it's just uh, you know, it, it, you know, it geographic geographically that you know we, we, when we do our annual reports end of the year, they, you know, some of the areas that we have constant complaints against officers. So let's 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 talk about that because some of our listeners may or may not know, I was also on the uh, task force in the city of St. Louis a few years ago to try to figure out you know how to decrease crime, and one of the things that we learned. And this goes to, to the fact that St. Louis always ranks either number one or number two in crime nationwide. Uh, however, when you look deeper into those statistics, most of, most of the violent crimes actually happen only like 5% of Correct. the city of St. Louis. So let's talk a little bit about that. Well, when you really look per capita, too, I mean, the city of St. Louis, I mean, we went in the last 10 years, we went from 400,000 to like 300,000 people in the city limits. Uh, so, you know, 100 and something murders, and with, you know, 300,000 people, it sounds a lot, versus like New York or LA, where it has millions of people. And 100 murders for them is, you know, probably not as alarming as it is the city of St. Louis. So I'm not sure how they really calculate those. Uh, uh, statistics but uh, you know when it comes to uh, uh, per capita you know it sounds a lot because we have you know less amount of people in the city and and it also boils down to the fact that most of those murders are really gang related and it's Correct. not like right. somebody gets you know it happens obviously Correct. but it's not like somebody gets randomly murdered by just walking down Correct. the street it's always mostly gang related correct correct yes okay so basically if you're behaving you should be safe even in San Luis right if you what if you're behaving if you're being a good yeah, I mean, uh, you know, people, uh, you know, I love St. Louis. I, I, you know, I travel a lot, uh, you know, for work and, and, and personally, and um, I've seen some good and bad places, but I love coming back to St. Louis. You know, I mean, St. Louis is still a good city, still uh, um, it's raised like a family. It, it, it's home. It literally, for to us, majority of Bosnia is the second home because outside St. Louis, I think we're the, outside Bosnia, we're the biggest community. Um, and there are still good areas. I mean, you know, things happen everywhere. It's mm -hmm. just, uh, you know, it's, it, it, sound, it, it sounds like it's a, a murder capital right now, but um, there's still a lot of good parts in St. Louis and it's a fun city. And, you know, things that I, I, you know, I have faith, uh, you know, I believe in this community. Things are picking up, things are getting better. Um, you know, more, uh, more and more stuff is coming into St. Louis. I mean, if you look from all the way from Arch, like down through uh, Market, because I, you know, I work downtown, so I'm there every day. Things are constantly being built. Uh, you know, the idea is to, you know, bring people more into s downtown area. And uh, yeah, and I was thinking the other day we have like number one zoo in in, in the nation. We have number one city park right. in the nation. Yeah. We have like the best ice cream in the yeah. nation. And it's and, and zoo and all that is free. I mean, I think one yeah. of the, yeah. Unfortunately, everybody talks about Ferguson, about murder, murder capital of the, of the United States. But 
let's go back to you know what you do and you've okay. been with with you know at the job for three plus years now three plus years correct have you seen the tensions get better have you seen get worse what's the status right now on those racial tensions and in particular when it comes to the trust i, I would say the uh, you know i can't really talk I, you know i don't know what what county does um but as far as city the actual police department is really trying to you know the community outreach program uh, it's it's great uh, they have youth programs that they'll go out to the communities and you know play basketball with kids to different schools and speak about these issues uh, city of st louis is really uh, uh, uh trying to close the gap and you know w when we started the first year things were looking good and then we had we had that uh, stop the protest and things kind of went back and since it's kind of you know, been up and down, um, but it's uh, yeah. I, I I think personally, I believe it as far as relationship-wise, uh, it's it's kind of looking good. So it's I getting better. It's getting better. Mm -hmm. It's and, getting better. And that makes perfect sense. So my opinion personally is that in any in any group in any you know uh, company in any uh, uh, what am I going to say culture. You will always have a few bad apples, Correct. and I think Correct. what happens in the, in the city of St. Louis and in many other police departments nationwide is that you have those bad apples Correct. that are going to cause something bad, Correct. and then it's just going to reflect you know, poorly on the entire department yes. and the entire city. Same thing can be said about you know, uh, the citizens. You yeah. know, you'll always have those bad apples that are going to yeah. start trouble and try to blame it, you know, the outcomes on yeah. you know, racial yeah. injustice. So... At the end of the day, there's only so it, much. You know, it's what they call it the 90-10 rule. So there's 10% uh, the bad and 90% good ones and good from both sides. Uh, people always ask me, are we kind of against the police? No, we're not. Uh, you know, we are We are an agency, a neutral agency that represents, that represents both sides. But throughout our investigation, we've had a chance to exonerate officers too. Um, you know, there are people that are just not happy with the police department and been access complaining. Uh, excessive complaint and uh, you know we're looking to say look you know there's really the officer's really doing his job mm -hmm. uh, and then what we do we offer a mediation process to where we give them a chance for the officer and the citizens sit down and talk about these issues uh, for example if an officer just witnessed that a two-year-old being shot and then five minutes later he pulled someone over maybe he was a little discourteous to that person and the person felt, felt like his rights were violated and come file and complained and so that, that's a chance for you know, both sides to sit down at the table and discuss the issues. So there are many good police officers. You know, we, they do their jobs uh, correctly and they, they, you know, safety is number one. Uh, they, they need to go home to their families and, and end of the day. But same goes in for, you know, for the citizens. Many great citizens out there that you know, doing the, the right citizen duties. And um, you know, found them, there, there's few that find themselves in, you know, they find themselves in some bad situation, not because they wanted to, but you know, I've, I have many friends who are police officers, and they some of them will, will say, "Well, look, he's a criminal." Well, I understand he's a criminal. You know, if he's if he committed a crime, your job is to arrest him, take him to jail, and let the judge to deal with him. Mm -hmm. If he is not harming or threatening in any way, if he's not resistant at that point, just just don't break his arm. Yeah, it's simple right. as that. Mm -hmm. So you have investigated a lot of police officers and. How many police officers are in the city right now? Um, approximately. Approximately around close, more or less, than around 1,000. Okay. How many of those are Bosnian Americans? I, I, I know few. 
I, you know, they're, 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 I think there are two recent academy, two recent classes that graduated not long ago. Uh, I, I've, I've met a couple of them through, you know, I was out, in, I was in academy. Well, we, we'll go to academy, we'll teach classes there too. We talk to new recruits because it's easier to uh, mold the young ones <laughs> into, and then teach an old dog new tricks. And uh, Have you ever investigated a buzz in American police officer? Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Is that some classified? Well, yeah, that uh, maybe, but it, it, it he was uh yeah, it didn't go anywhere. So okay. Yeah, uh, I've I've come across that, but at th at those instances, this moment, if I come across it, I know someone, I'll kind of excuse myself from the process. So I'll have another investigator take over the process guy. You know, I you know I I have to be unbiased when it comes to this stuff. Mm -hmm. So Aris, do we want to switch gears now? I know, Aldin, you wanted to talk about an yeah. uh, yeah. issue that's really close to your heart yeah. that you've been working on, uh, very hard on, trying to yeah. make everybody safer, and it's the opioid crisis, right? right. So before that, real quick, I'm also on a, a hate crime task force uh, with, with ADL, and uh, we have uh, FBI guys, Department of Justice, uh, a few police departments across the city that are part of this group, so we'll, we do, we'll meet quarterly and discuss um, kind of racial issues. Uh, we met, when our last meeting was the New Zealand shooting, and mm -hmm. they will, you know, will come up with ideas how to prevent it. Like on that day, we'll call the county police and ask them to, uh, it, was, it was Friday's prayer too, just to kind of patrol the area more and then further prevent, even though it's New Zealand, you know, it's far, but it could happen anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm, I'm also part of that, and then I'm also part of a task force on opioids crisis. Um, just for the, uh, as a disclaimer, I'm not a prof health professional, I'm not a doctor, and I'm not a counselor, but I'm just a concerned citizen that I was kind of found myself into the middle of that, and uh, there are great uh, resources out there available to the community and people that are just not known to, to the community uh, because of the, you know, Bosnian community is afraid of the stigma of, you know, drugs, op opiates, and deaths, but as we all know, it has been happening, so. Yes. You know, every time you know after it passes, we'll think it was probably never going to happen again. Then, yeah. a little later, you find out another twenty-something-year-old. Yeah, when it comes to Bosnian American communities, I always say we're not that much different from the you know uh, uh, community here in the St. Louis area in general. And what I mean by that, you know, in particular, the kids that are you know twenty and younger, most of them were born here. Right. So statistically speaking, they will be into the bad things just as much yeah. as the community in general. Even though, as you said. Yeah. Our community is so taboo about it that's like, oh my God, now, yeah. you know, our kids are doing drugs, no way. No well, way. wake up. The reality Correct. is that they are, and the reality is that we've had a few deaths, not just a few, yeah. uh, you know, dozens of, of yeah. overdoses within the body. And, and, and it the same with all old individuals, uh, painkillers. You know, 60% mm -hmm. of, of our old individuals are kind of misusing, mis, you know, a painkillers as, and then becomes a problem after a while. Yeah, um, I find it very common with elderly population, right. Bosnian American elderly population, yeah. that they use someone's self prescription. They say, oh, okay, my wife got these pain medication for knees, now my back hurts, maybe I can just use them because it's pain. Correct. Uh, yeah, that's, Correct. that's very common with elderly. I, and I don't think they do it on purpose, Correct. they just uneducated in that perspective, Correct. yeah. And you know, it, it is important to talk about these issues. It is, it, um, it, it does not have to hit home. You know, a lot of times people go, well, my kids are fine. You know, I don't need to be part of the discussions. I don't need to be come to this event. I don't need to be part of this event um, meetings. But 
it, you know, it's okay to be educated on it. It's okay to know about it. And then uh, hopefully we will never have to experience another death in the community. But who knows their, who knows their children better than their own parents? Because parents can see changes. They can see uh, uh, you know, symptoms come up. And if things are missing at home, you know, grades are going down. Those, those are all indicators that there's something going on with and, and and at that point is you know we should not be ashamed to take steps and prevent that you know hopefully stop it there and get get the right people to educate them i mean I, i'm actually current i'm just going to um mention some partners so this opioids crisis uh task force uh are one of so that the idea the idea is to education education to the community uh to educate the public uh about the drugs about the uh prevention and the mental health treatment and uh, our great partners right now that I'm that are part of this is Leona local labor union at 110 um, Leona and you, I'm sure you guys you guys know about Leona they have been there for us when we part of BAPN we did our event uh, they've always kind of supported us and um, Leona labor local they part they, I mean they part of the construction industry but this involves mainly the, a lot of construction individuals uh, because of the type of job that they're doing, the, you know, labor, and they pretty much exhausting their bodies at the end of the day, and they're kind of looking for a way out, and a lot of time comes to drugs. So they, they, Luna has been a great friend to the community, and, you know, they came up with this idea to uh, bring education and uh, treatment and, and to the community. So. Uh, NCADA is also a, a, a good a good uh, uh, organization. They they have fantastic uh, ways of preventing this education components. St. Louis County Health Department, uh, St. Louis Police Department, uh, one of our uh, Bayless Research Officers is also part of, on this task force. Uh, Balango International, Apinia Healthcare, and Crossover Media. Uh, this is these are the individuals. I mean, there are a few other ones that I'm working with, but these are individuals that are just kind of top of my head um, that are helping us, the community, better understand this epidemic and uh, what, what what we can do, what what resources are available to us, uh, and there is a lot. So, and uh, so NCA NCADA, they have this uh, MoHo project that they're currently working on, and I just looked through some of their data. Um, and, and it's 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 alarming. I mean, when you look at some statistics, and without data, if we don't really know the data, we really don't know what's going on in our community. So, just just a, an example here. So, the number of deaths per year from 2007 to 2016 went from 153 to 780 deaths a year. Wow! So that 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 that's an alarming number right there. That is crazy. So, U.S. is a five percent of world population right now. 80% of opioid painkiller users. Wow. <laughs> and 99% victim of Vicodin. Oh, I have no I idea mean, that the United States uses most of the world's drugs, man. That's eight, crazy. 80% of the world's drugs. Yep. Wow. So 60% of, of, of individuals misuse prescription painkillers first. Yeah, I've so seen that firsthand. You know, Bosnian Americans out there, oh, I've got these pills. You know, my doctor prescribed them for me. Here, you want some as well? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are just, you just, So we had just in 2015 to 2016, the number from 2015 to just one year, the, the, the number went 35% up. So we had two, two, 908 deaths in 2016. So one year, 35%. That, that's a lot. 
the next year, 2016, it went 4.7% up, but that's 951 deaths a year in Missouri. This is Missouri. Wow. 951 deaths? 951 deaths just in Missouri alone. Wow. So imagine how that, you know, so that that's, that's almost like, what, one airplane crash a month? Right. Equal? Wow, that is crazy. I mean, how, how many airplanes will have to crash before we would have to say, hey, hold on a second, we need to do something about this? Right. Wow, that's just scary, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so when you look, when you just look just the St. Louis region from 153 in, in, a, in a decade to 800 and, and, and to 60 or 80 uh, right. over those uh, a year, that uh, just just the region, and that, that's not talking about the entire state. What do you think is the reason for it? Is it just being overprescribed? Is it just easier access? What's what's the reason for well, such a? Well, a lot of it comes from victim abuse, like people, you know. Mm -hmm. The uh, victim abuse, it's easily available in Missouri. I mean, uh, Missouri is probably one of the non-regulated states in the country. I mean, we, you know, I've had people come, you know, load up vans and trucks from different states, you know, on, on just stuff or just over-counter prescription uh, uh, and taking that outside and selling them, turning it into meth labs and, you know, you, you know that. Um, difficulties coping with stress, you know, people, everything they've been, you know, li li daily life, issues uh people turn into drugs turn into anxiety um and you know and, and just and, and, and as they add it more to it then it just becomes a, a bigger issue a bigger problem uh behavior problem genetics too so any of these could be uh, risk factors that, that are leading to someone overdose so that is really scary dopamine this is one of, of a good factor dopamine you know what dopamine is mm -hmm. dopamine is a uh, uh, is a, 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 a chemical released by neurons into your brain it's like you know that when you say look I've just ate an ice cream and hit the spot because the sugar levels and it's a happy uh, chemical a happy chemical correct so just just uh, so food let's say releases uh, about a hundred less than 200 uh, levels of dopamine nicotine a little more than that cocaine is 300 levels and then we have heroin that is over 2,000 levels of dopamine wow. I mean that that's how high it goes I mean and then people are look I feel good now you know that everything's pretty much straight line from there and they just want to continue feeling like that especially if they're in a lot of pain um, you know after even after car accidents or uh, you know construction ac accidents you know the pain endurance they just keep turning to these to these issues uh, after a while we, when, when they are being prescribed medication like painkillers and and it's been regulated to, to some point and afterwards when it's not prescribed anymore then they turn to because let's say one one pill of Vicodin is about $40 and you, 30 to $40 and one little rock of heroin is, is five bucks mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's a statistic that I've heard as well that people mm -hmm. most of those heroin overdoses start as painkiller prescription addiction mm -hmm. right. and then as you said it's just the cost prohibitive part that they can get to it and then they turn to correct yeah, it's yeah. Just scary. so so when, when they start using these drugs uh, heroin cocaine you know at, at first you know, the dopamine levels are kind of straight and that you know any amount would hit just high limits and over time, the the the, the defendant decreases. So in order for them to get up the dopamine levels up, they have to use more and more and more of, of these drugs uh, in order to reach that. But they never do because after after a while, your body becomes immune. You just the dependency decreases, 
and it does not hit the high levels of, of dopamine, so they continue taking all more bigger doses, and that's how it leads to overdosing on, on, on too much of it. So some signs, I just want to mention that too. Uh, I, I really hope that that never has, has to happen, but how to, how to uh, see uh, uh, signs or symptoms when someone is overdosing at a time. Breathing uh, would slow down. Lips and nails have become blue. Person is not moving or person is choking. Um, skin feels cold, can, can be woken up in pupils. These are, these are some simple uh, uh, signs that people uh, should be able to recognize in their children or their family members, or just anyone, even their coworkers. And that's when we talk about these issues, it, it, talks, it, it doesn't have to be at home. It could be a coworker, it could be a friend, a relative, anywhere, anybody. Um, if we educate ourselves and know more about these issues, we will be able, hopefully we can prevent someone from dying. Mm -hmm. oh, that's, that's um, what, what to do? Call 911. Uh, Narcan. Narcan is, is a spray that is available to NCA, DA, or even uh, prescriptions, uh, 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 pharmacies. There's a drug called Narcan, which is a spray, and then what they what you know spray into a person's nose, and that will prevent them from overdosing, and then uh, it, it kind of reverses the effects to 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 a point at least till help arrives. So if you know that, that's probably something that every maybe trucking company or every construction company or any big big company should have in their trucks in their homes schools. Uh, it should be available to anyone and knowing what Narcan is and, and that's, that, that is a, a, a little, little spray that probably would help you know, someone from overdosing and dying at least to, to, at least to a time to, to man when one gets there. So. So. That are, that, those are some crazy statistics, man. And, you know, what you're doing is just amazing, you know, trying to get the word out there and educate our community. Correct. Serving as a liaison between the Bosnian American community and the city of St. Louis. And I know you you have been you know involved with nonprofit organizations in, in the Bosnian American community, and one of them which I thought would uh, you know had a lot of potential, and I, I'm not hearing a whole lot about it recently, is the Bosnian American Professionals Network. Uh, what's the status of that? What's going on? Um, well, we're not as active as it is at the moment. Uh, our last uh, last uh, thing last year. Uh, four of us went out to jet to DC. Uh, we supported uh, BAPA, uh, Bosnian American Professional Association, and they had a great event, and we were part of that. Um, I think some of us have also been individually helping BAPA. I'm actually on their committee, on their uh, scholarship committee. Uh, we were just going through uh, tons of applications the last few weeks, uh, giving out scholarships to. So I guess it just merged with BAPA? It kind of merged with BAPA. Nice. And uh, even though um, BAPN is not as active, but few of us individuals are you know, still attempting to do some uh, some sort of networking or uh, outreach to the community available. That's true. And I would like to go back just for one second. And <clears throat> when it comes to opioids, uh, you have an event coming up. Correct. Soon. So, if you don't mind just mentioning Correct. So which day there will be an event coming up on June 15th. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still trying to confirm the exact time, but it will happen at the mosque, uh, uh, St. Louis uh, uh, Bosnian Islamic Center, which is down here, Lima Ferry. I think it's 318 Lima Ferry, if I remember correct the address. Um, I'm still working out a little details. So, 
that that they will have NCADA come out and and talk to the, the members there and uh, uh, attempt attempted to educate attempt to educate the, the, the individuals or public and this will be one of our first events and I hope that we'll kind of pick up from there that we have these uh, events more and more often and and just talking about these issues like I said it, it doesn't have to be people that are having these issues only could be anyone really in the community that's willing to learn or to know more about opiates uh, and, and, and even mental health I mean there are seriously there are so many resources available when it comes from opioids and mental health uh, underinsured um, there, there are grants available Affinia Healthcare offers a lot of that too uh, there are grants available through uh, the literally on educating and, and including prevention uh, it's just not known to the community and, and, and if they come out they will be able to uh, understand or, or you know find out more about these resources I think sometimes people live in denial too yeah they're like oh, not me not my family yeah until it unfortunately gets too late correct I mean you know I I, I, I don't thanks God I don't have any of these issues in my family but um, you know I find this close to my heart as Nevin mentioned earlier uh, yeah I, I love my people I love the community I, I, if I can help one individual I you know I'll, I'll be satisfied uh, Damir Samish and I were uh, we were going to we were on our way to one one event dinner one night and uh, he mentioned to me that we talked about this and it was his idea also to bring this to the mosque uh, and he called me later on someone he heard that uh, an individual had a had uh, uh, issues with, with opiates and you know, we were able to send him to a couple of resources available to us and uh, I heard later that this individual, this kid, is currently going through a, a rehab process right now and awesome. is doing well. So Good. We, need, we need more of those That's awesome. stories. Would you say that the number one, I guess, issue that our community has with the fact that, that is the taboo topic of, of, of you know uh, mental health as well as drugs that Correct. they're not seeking help. Correct. Mm -hmm. And and, and you know, when you mention mental health and a lot of that, I mean, sometimes people don't know they don't know that they are having these issues and problems, like especially mental health. Because if you if you tell you uh, you know if you go to our parents and say hey, uh, there's this event or there's this uh, uh, program going on, be uh, talking about mental health topics. Uh, let's let's. Let's see what it is. They'll probably tell. Well, I'm not crazy. That that's not you know. It's not me. I don't need that. Um, especially our you know us Bosnians been. Some of us experience more, some less of war trauma, and sometimes they don't really affect till later on in life. And with all additional stress attached, you know, working and trying to provide family, put your kids to college and jobs, and and that any of that triggers any past events, um, and it could have a really bad side effects so that the earlier we we talk about these issues and we stop that then the, the better it is splendid well i i do want to be respectful of your time um and i know you've got an appointment to get to so uh just want to say the work that you're doing is, is really great and i think you're making a difference in, in, in within the bosnian american community but in case somebody has a few more questions and they okay. want to talk to you privately what's the best way to get hold of you um you can call my office at 314-657-1600, ask for me, um, find me on Facebook, Alden Lolich. Um, you know, it could be any of these, uh, whether you have any issues with law enforcement, 
uh, or opioids, anything that I can help. I mean, you know, I'm part of these task force, and there, you know, I, I, I come across these issues a lot. You know, we sit down and talk about different. Some some of them might not relate to me or, or pertain to me too, but to my community. But um, you know, it's out there. So uh, anything you want to talk about, and like I said, I'm not I'm not a doctor, I'm not a health professional, I'm not a counselor, uh, I, but I I can help connect you to different avenues. Alice, you got anything else? Well, thanks a lot for coming to the podcast, and thanks okay. a lot for what you do. Okay, I appreciate you guys uh, giving me opportunity and uh, to you know, speak about these issues and uh, putting a word out there uh, to two people that need to hear this. Thank you very much, Aldine. So you heard it here, guys. If you are suffering with mental health, if you've got any opioid issues, or if you know of somebody that may benefit from talking to Aldine, please do not hesitate to reach out to him. Again, Aldine, thank you very much. Everybody have a wonderful rest of the day.